This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. The NFC East continues to look bad. Wow. The Eagles are 2-4-1. The Cowboys are 2-4. I got this right, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Washington football team's 1-5. The Giants are one in six. Wow. NFC East has been bad in past years. Last year, too. Last year wasn't very good either. But this year is horrible. It's horrible. I can't believe it. You know, sometimes it takes me a little bit of time to get certain things. I know I'm not I'm not that slow. I'm not I'm not that slow. I think all of us are slow when it comes to some things. But I was slow to the the Eagles are trash thing and I was slow to oh this division's horrible thing I think everyone knew by week two or three that the NFC East was horrible it took me till maybe last week to realize how bad this division was and last night's Eagles and Giants game sealed it this is definitely the worst division in the NFL for sure now off the air I predicted Eagles 23 Giants 20. The Eagles won 22-21. I mean, hey, when the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals 31-10, when they lost to them 31-10, I was like, the Eagles need to take this division. I was like, they are now the best team in the division, and everyone else reluctantly agreed. Then against the Giants, they had a terrible third quarter and kind of half of the fourth quarter too, but they battled back. They scored twice. Uh, of course, they didn't get either two-point conversion because, I don't know, we always go for two, but, I mean, half the time we don't even get the two-point conversion. So I'm like, damn. Of course. <laughs> and then Jake Elliott misses field goals. That's just part of what's wrong with the, with the Eagles, man. They're, they're so inconsistent. Like, I'll give them credit for fighting. That's encouraging that, yeah, the Eagles are trash. They're trash. I finally am on that bandwagon. However... It is encouraging to see them fight and not give up, no matter who they're playing against, no matter how big the deficit is. They're always going to be in it because of Carson Wentz and a defense that just doesn't quit. And that will at least get them into the playoffs. Now, can they beat the team that they play, which will probably be a really high record wild card team, second place wildcard team so right now it's the Packers I don't think we can beat the Packers I don't care how they looked against the Bucks. they play the Packers the Eagles play the Packers or if the Cowboys play the Packers they will lose I would rather play the Bears that look like they don't have an offense they have a decent defense I don't know how we block Khalil Mack with that offensive line but hey we did a decent job against Aaron Donald I guess but we didn't do a good job against Washington and that was the healthiest our line had been all season so I'm like yeah that I would out of all the teams you you mean to tell me we play the Bears in the playoffs at home Eagles wouldn't win that game yeah okay the inconsistent Saints who lost to the Raiders and should have lost to the Chargers. The Eagles can get with them. They play the Seahawks or the Rams or 49ers. Oh, they just played the Rams. That was a the close game. Uh, they beat the 49ers already. The Seahawks 
two close games last year with practice squad players. But they're a little bit better on offense this year, but they're a little worse on defense. So I don't know what to think if the Eagles were somewhat played them in the playoffs. I think the teams you avoid if you're the Eagles, because you're going to be in that 4-5 game, I believe. Don't play the Packers. Don't play the Seahawks. And maybe not the Buc- – well, the Buccaneers are inconsistent. I, I I would love to play the Buccaneers. I know that seems like a bad matchup, too. Any team that can air it out is a bad matchup for the Eagles because they are good at stopping the run for the most part. Hey, but, you know, we got to win the division first. And, you know, them winning is encouraging. Now, the Giants in Washington need to play better offense to have a chance at winning the division. The Giants' offense have been getting better the last three games. However, they played all NFC East teams. I don't know how that offense is going to look against freaking Seattle, San Fran. No, they already played San Fran and lost. Um, Seattle, Arizona, who else they play? Uh, Non-NFC East teams. I don't know how it's going to look against them. But against the NFC East, they do okay. So, they got that cover. Washington, their offense isn't horrible. But it ain't like... It's not good, though. It's not good. So, it's going to be Eagles-Cowboys duking it out. But the Giants and Washington are right at their heels. And you can't sleep on them when you play them. Ask the Eagles. I mean, come on. They lost to Washington. They shouldn't have, but they did. They almost lost to the Giants. So, it's tough. They got to play these teams again. And it's not a given that they'll beat them. That's a shame. But that's where we are. As far as the game yesterday, I didn't start watching until the second half. Because I had a flag football game, which I'll talk about after I recap this one. Before the flag football game, I saw that Eagles scored. No, I heard it on the radio. They had a good drive, and Carson went spun in the end zone, 7-0. Then I guess they gave up another touchdown drive. I heard that on the radio, and the freaking Golden Tate scored a touchdown. Oh, my God. He was just an Eagle two years ago. And then I guess the Eagles got a field goal, and I think I checked the score after I left the flag football game, and it was 10-7. I was like, what What just happened? We scored, and then we didn't score again. Like, what What happened? We scored, and we scored three points after that. What, what in the world? What in the world is going on? Then, come home. It, the game just started. Put in the pizza. Well, I reheated the pizza. Reheated the pizza. Game's on. Um, I think the Giants got the ball first. No, the Eagles did. They went three and out. I, I wasn't paying attention. Then, this is when I pretty much start watching from here on out. Daniel Jones, my mom's like yelling from upstairs. You should have seen the Giants quarterback run and trip up. He had 10 yards of open space for a score. I was like, she was hyping it up. So let me see what this play is about. I see Daniel Jones get a read option, and no one, no one is in sight. Okay, maybe Jalen Mills and Roby Coleman, um, they didn't get off their blocks fast enough, so Daniel Jones had a good five yards on them. It looked like he was going to score, and this man trips up the damn 
The damn turf monster got him. Turf monster in quotation marks. Oh, my God, man. That was hilarious. I didn't think it was that funny at first. I was just shocked that the Eagles would give up a play like that. But they fell for it. They thought it was a run. Brandon Graham and whoever the outside linebacker is, they flew to the running back. And Daniel Jones was gone. It was only two people chasing him. And he's much faster He's much faster than everyone thought. He's like one of the fastest QBs in the league, and no one had any idea. That is crazy. He was gone, and he tripped. And I was like, that is just peak New York Giants. When you're that bad, stuff like that happens. But when you, as inconsistent as the Eagles are and really look bad at times, um, that happens too, where you give up a play like that. That is crazy. Nevertheless, that was hilarious. It took me a minute, but every time I see it from now on, I'm probably going to be dying laughing. That is a blooper reel for the ages. Um, They're going to be playing that over and over again. (laughs) It's, It's hilarious, man. Oh, my God. Let's see. All right, from that point on, uh, the Giants scored. Then the Eagles had another really good drive and then um, got to the goal line, fourth down. I I think we had a penalty that that messes up. I don't know what happened. Nevertheless, fourth down, two, three yards to go. Of course, the Eagles go for it. They could have easily kicked the field goal. Of course, they go for it. And... um, yeah, they didn't get it. They didn't get it. They ran some slant or something. No, they did a jump ball. They did a jump ball to Hakeem Butler, which he was a beast in college. He went to Iowa State. I'm sure he was he was killing that in college against Big 12 defenses. But um, here in the NFL, no. Jump ball to Hakeem Butler probably worked perfectly in practice. In this game, it didn't work. It didn't work. Turnover on downs. I thought, okay, one of the worst defenses in the league, going to take care of business. These fools drive 97 yards and put the dagger into the Eagles, 21 to 10. Oh, but I think a critical play in this drive. See, there was two critical third downs that the Giants got. Uh, One where I think they threw a slant to uh, Sterling Shepard. The Eagles ran cover zero and – um. Daniel Jones threw it so hard that, you know, Sterling Shepard had to possession catch it. But if he had threw it in stride, he would have scored. And then another one where Craven LeBlanc grabbed grabbed the receiver. I think it was Golden Tate. And then they, they went on ahead. And I was surprised because the Eagles do well against the run. All of a sudden, they couldn't stop Wayne Goldman. That was a frustrating drive. So 21-10. Uh, Eagles go down and score. And then and then what, what happened after that was uh that Evan Ingram play. Bro, he was wide open. I thought he was going to catch it. I was like, oh, man, how you get open? This man dropped it. And I was so happy. I was so thankful that he dropped that. If he didn't drop that, Eagles lose for sure. Giants run out the clock or they kick a field goal to go up eight. I know we go up. I know he was going to go for two regardless. But... Going for two when you're down two, I believe, it's a lot different from going for two and you're up one, okay? A lot more pressure. 
and I've seen half of the two-point plays the Eagles run. No, no. It wasn't going to happen. Once again, dry down the field. See, the crazy thing about this game is that the Eagles were three for eight in the red zone. Three for eight. So they left a lot of points on the board, and that's why they fell behind, and that's why this game was so close in the first place because they couldn't score. They couldn't get in the end zone. They're going for two. They're missing field goal. This has been the Eagles all year, so I don't know why I'm surprised. And, of course, they get, like, at the three, Jason Kelsey holding. Are you kidding me, bro? Are you serious, bro? The best offense alignment, our best offense alignment, crucial penalty. But thank God, uh, Carson Wentz with a beautiful throw with uh, Jabril Peppers uh, draped all over Boston Scott for a touchdown. I loved it. And then, you know, I was like, okay, maybe the Giants can might steal this game. But then I was, I was confident once again. I was like, now, we were talking about bottom five offense. There's no way, no timeouts, 40 seconds to go. I'm confident the Eagles will get this done. My man, Brandon Graham, came around that corner, strip sack, remind me of the Super Bowl, just like the Super Bowl. And, you know, the Eagles recovered. I was hyped. I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with the Eagles' performance, but that strip sack gave me hope, man. I was so happy. I was so happy. And Eagles won 22-21. I, I was encouraged. I was excited. I was energized. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But they're going to have to play better. They're going to quit quit the stupid penalties, quit the inconsistency, and maybe they can do something. They can win now, not only win the NFC East, but they'll win two playoff games. Yeah, I said it. If they can be more consistent, they'll win two playoff games, not just one. But that's a stretch. At, at this rate, it, it is a stretch. But that is their potential. Their potential is the conference championship. Even with that ragtag group, they could still make the conference championship because of Carson Wentz and that pass rush and that D-line. I mean, in, in a scrappy secondary. Why not? Why not? Hey, we'll, we'll see. But uh, stats, uh, Daniel Jones is 20 for 30, 187, two touchdowns, one interception, four carries for 92 yards. That's ridiculous. Carson Wentz was 25 for 43, 359 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Once again, the Eagles were three for eight in the red zone. The Giants were two for two. And that was almost the difference in the game. What what did they do that the Eagles didn't? Like, like what did they do right in the red zone that the Eagles didn't do? Well, for one, they can run the ball. In the red zone. And two, I mean, they, I guess they just, they, they were finding Sterling Shepard and, and Golden Tate. It's just crazy, man. That that was a crazy game. That was a fun game. I don't care how much people laugh at the NFC East. I don't care. I loved it. And I think the Eagles will be fine. Uh, it's crazy how the Eagles rush for less than 100 yards. But it's funny looking at the stats because... They are somehow 14th in rush yards per game, 7th in total rushing yards, 8th in rushing TDs. I think this is because, you know, I think half of it is because Miles Sanders will break a long run. Like, he broke two big long runs, and that probably has skewed their rushing stats. 
because he broke a really long run against Pittsburgh and he broke a really long run against the Ravens. I, other than that, they don't really do anything on the ground, and I think they could they could benefit from running the ball more. I mean, Carson Wentz almost threw 50 times. Let's get it, man. Let's get it. I'm I'm proud that they fought. They have to play better, or it's going to be a rough ending to this season. And uh, the NFC East, they might just lose that, even though I think it's theirs to lose. They are clearly the best team. Well, they're the best team by a little bit, by by a notch. But they are the best team. So if they lose this division, it's because, you know, they just didn't get any better. Just just saying. <laughs> okay. So that flag football game I was a part of during the Eagles-Giants, during the whole first half of the Eagles-Giants, yeah, it didn't go very well. I'm on a new team. The last time I was on a free agent team, we were like a bottom three team. We didn't really have a quarterback. We somehow won two games. And, it, and I was arguably the best player, and I shouldn't have been. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're heading that way again where I could possibly be the best player on the team. And we lost 40 to nothing, okay? From the start, we were down 14 nothing in like two minutes. I mean, we can't cover, can't throw. Can't run routes. Some of them barely know the rules. I hate to talk bad about my teammates. They're, they're nice people, man. It's not looking good. I'm going to step up and try to play quarterback just to see what I can do, just to see if I can salvage this season. Because the way it's going, we're going to be 0-6 and lose every game by double digits. <laughs> I'm too competitive. I was too hyped yesterday. But I sat out the final, like, 10 minutes because I was just done. It didn't look like anyone wanted to come out, and we were dying. It was 34 nothing. Like, we went man-to-man at, at – maybe this is encouraging, but the second half, we only gave up, what, 12 points? 14 points? Something like that. We gave up well, – oh, 16. We gave up 16 points in the second half because we went man-to-man. Well, that's encouraging at least. If we can get away with running man, I think we'll be fine. Now, offense, we got to figure that out because we had little to no offense. But then again, we played a powerhouse team that plays literally all the time. So that was a tough matchup. So we were up against it from the beginning. But we'll see what happens with me at quarterback. Um, We'll see what happens. Um, I don't quarterback's not my thing usually, but I want to win so bad. I I'm willing to do it, bro. Like we we I gotta get it popping somehow. So at least next week the Thursday night game is Falcons Panthers. I don't mind missing half of that. I mean it's not it's not the Eagles. But then again, my game is earlier, so I'll so I won't have to miss half of it. <laughs> oh man. If I lead this team to a decent seed in the playoffs, it's going to be sad because I won't be in town for the playoffs. The week of the playoffs, I'm going to be out of town and be in Jamaica. Hopefully, we get a week delayed and we have to make it up on the 17th. I hope so because then I can play. <laughs> hey, you know how competitive I am. I, I got to be there for the playoffs, for the championship. I just got to calm down because, you know what I'm saying, I'd be getting hype, I'd be getting mad. 
I, you know what I'm saying? I be talking stuff to the refs. That just got to calm down. It's social league. It's not that serious. But, man, it's just, just how I am, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's go back. Let's go to uh, fantasy football. Let's start with every team I have from worst to first. So, my 0-6 team, the GOAT-level OG team, the most important one, the one with the most bragging rights among my, you know, that's the one with my college friends. I'm 0-6. I'm 0-6. This is a nightmare. This is embarrassing. I didn't trade it half my team. It just didn't work out. I made some really awful reaches, and uh, none of them reaches panned out. I had a bunch of injuries. Saquon going out didn't didn't help me at all. And it just doesn't look good. It doesn't it doesn't look good. I mean, I'm on six, but I'm still going to fight every week. But, man, this sucks. Uh, it, it's not fair. It's not fair that, you know, I had injuries. And I I swear to God, like, two of these weeks, I could have won if I had started the right people. Like, one week I lost because I benched DJ Shark. Another week I lost because I benched Jared Goff against Washington. So it's like, oh, my God, man. It's just that that team is just bad luck, and I promise that I'll at least be in the playoffs next year. I'm trying to win it next year because I'm so mad about this season. Uh, we'll see. So my one in five team, Goat Level Heroes 2, I call them. So uh, that team's one in five. I should have started golf versus Washington once again. But to be fair, that was the same week that Dak Prescott got hurt. So I had no idea that Prescott was going to get hurt. For fuck's sake, he had 14 points already at that point and was about to score again. He's going to have like 21 points if he didn't have didn't get hurt in the first half. So I would have been fine. Dak was my best player by far. He was good and he was scoring 30, 40 fantasy points a week. And the week before that, uh, the week before that Giants game, he had 54 fantasy points. He was clearly my best player. Then McCaffrey got hurt. Mozart got hurt. Jarvis Landry and Ertz sucked this year. Very unfair. These guys aren't that good. These guys, you know, in my boys to men league, uh, it's just a league with a bunch of people I went to high school with. Uh, Not a bunch, but a few. I mean, they ain't all that. I mean, I just had some bad luck. Just another team with bad luck. I drafted a little bit better, but bad luck. All right, so my 2-4 and four team, the one where I had that fantasy football itch. This was the first team I drafted all season. So I had that fantasy football itch. I just drafted a team on the whim. And you know what I'm saying? It, this team goes where Tom Brady goes. When Tom Brady sucks, my team sucks. When Tom Brady's good, my team is good. But then again, I did lose a game where I started golf over Brady and it didn't work out. I've started Brady pretty much every week other than like a week or two. So on that team, Devontae Adams has been hurt. I I mean, it's just it's just insane. Um it's another team where I've had some injury luck. That injury and Injury luck? I don't know what you, what you say about that. I don't know. It just hasn't been going well. You know what I'm saying? Two and four. 
maybe I can do something. Maybe I can salvage something. I should be one in five because I think I beat I beat somebody by one point. Like I should be one in five. It hasn't been going well. I'm starting to get some people back. My lineup's starting to get back to normal. So um, maybe I can make a little bit of a run. Speaking of making a run, my second best team, Goats over Sheep. That's another group where a bunch of people from high school and their friends. Um, three and three. Three and three, that's the team where I drafted Carson and Baker. They were better fantasy options, but hey, whatever. I picked them, and they've been decent. Well, I cut Baker and picked up Derek Carr because Derek Carr has been better. I, I mean, that Chiefs game gave me so um, – gave me. <laughs> that was all I needed to see. He killed the Chiefs. The Browns are a running team. They don't let Baker do shit. So I had to let Baker go. I had to let Baker go. So I picked up Fulgham and McKissick, and I have Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey. So I got a nice little squad. DJ Shark on this team, too. I wish DJ Shark would be healthy and get more balls thrown to him. But I don't know. I don't know what they're doing over there. It's Jacksonville. What what do you expect? Uh, I've won two straight with this team, so it looks like I might win this week. I'm projected to win this week. So I might be going on a run here. We'll see. Carson put up 32 fantasy points. I think Carson is trending upward. And I got some key pickups. Hey, I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. I might I might get into the playoffs here. Now, finally, last but not least, my unbelievable team is... That's what their name is, unbelievable. Because I can't believe these guys let me draft all these good people. Anyway, I joined this on, during week one. I literally drafted the team during Sunday Night Football. They're 4-1. Best team I've ever had so far. Deshaun Watson, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Travis Kelsey, Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, Terry McLaurin, Raheem Mozart, Robert Woods, Matt Stafford. With Adrian Peterson, J.K. Dobbins on the bench. Bro, this team is loaded. I'm 4-1. The only reason I lost last week is because my opponent had Derrick Henry. My opponent had Derrick Henry, and Kamara and Josh Jacobs, for me, were out. Literally the only reason I lost. If I had Kamara and Jacobs, I would have won. And if Derrick Henry had half the points, I would have won. And, you know, the Eagles' defense versus I think they played Baltimore wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, so those are my fantasy teams. Unbelievable should win the championship. Goats over sheep have promised. The rest of them, I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. Maybe next year. <laughs> oh, man. Now, it's time to get on the Sooner Schooner. OU versus TCU this weekend. I have no OU football for the last two weeks. I'm in a pro sports city, so it's easy to forget about your college football team around here. But, hey, they're back. I almost forgot about them. I almost forgot to put them in my plans. But there you go. TCU, OU, 12 o'clock on Fox tomorrow. I will be watching. 
probably won't watch until like the second half because I have more flag football to play. Then I'm going to this farmer's market by my house. So it looks like I won't be watching until the second half. Hey, we got a, we got a good one here. I think this isn't very cut and dry. This isn't very cut and dry. OU could definitely lose this game, especially on the road. This is a tough team. I know they're middle of the pack in almost every category, but it's Gary Patterson. His teams are always very well coached. TCU almost had a miracle comeback against K-State. They beat Texas. Uh, this team isn't that bad. This team isn't that bad. Um, They're going to be tough. Speaking of tough, that Dugan quarterback, that Dugan guy is very tough. Against K-State, he got hurt, got taken out, came back. Almost like he willed his team to the very last play. Like their passing game was damn near non-existent against Kansas State. But he would run. He would make it happen. I was like, that was a very inspirational performance, even in a loss. So that guy... I think he was a QB last year, and they weren't out of it. They came back against OU last year. So, with that kid, they're never out of it. It's going to be, well, not that close, but he's going to be there. He's going to be there in the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, OU is the superior team. OU is the superior team, okay? Uh, They're six-point favorite, 6.5 favorite. But I got OU winning 35-21. You know what's crazy about TCU? Uh, Dugan is their leading rusher with 132 yards and three touchdowns. And he only has 626 passing yards for three touchdowns and an interception. He only has one interception this year. That's that's impressive. Which is, this is funny because uh, OU's rushing defense is solid. Isn't that bad, actually. 96 yards a game compared to TCU's 178. See, OU doesn't really want the ball, but I feel like they can. And I think this is the game to run the ball. This is it. This is it against a run defense that isn't that great. I think this is it. This is the time to get TJ Pledger going and whoever else runs the ball for him. Yeah, it's Pledger, mostly Pledger. So get him the ball. Definitely. This is it. This is the time to do it. Spencer Rattler going to do what he do. Our receivers going to do what they do. It's just fourth quarter. From what I've seen so far, TCU really shines in the fourth quarter. OU shies away in the fourth quarter. That's not good. Because no matter what what's going on, uh, we may be the more talented team, but if TCU shows that they want it more in the fourth quarter, they might mess around and win the game. That's what I'm afraid of because in the fourth quarter, TCU has been pretty good, and in the fourth quarter, OU has been pretty bad. They only had 10 points in the fourth quarter all season. That's ridiculous. And I just saw TCU put away Texas in the fourth quarter and almost come back against K-State where they had no offense. Not good. Not good. Very worrisome. But OU has to take care of business. Two weeks off, two weeks to prepare. They got to take care of business. They got to be ready to roll. And I hope they are. Um, 35-21 OU. I think this is the game 
that OU finally does something in the fourth quarter and they pull away and they win. They get that late fourth quarter touchdown to put the game out of reach and they win in Fort Worth, 35-21 OU. And now let me hop off the Sooner Schooner and let's get to the KBO. The KBO. It's been a while, baby. But man, Korean baseball, I gotta stick with it, bro. I gotta I gotta stick with it a little bit. Let's see. The makeup games are happening now. The season's winding down. The five teams, I mean, it looks like we got our five teams that are gonna be in the playoffs. It's gonna be NC Dinos, LG Twins, KT Wiz, Key Womb Heroes, Dusan Bears. Five. That those are the five. It's not even close. The sixth place team is four games back. It's over. Four games back, two weeks ago, you're done. You're finished. So there you go. Uh, Ham would beat NC Dinos 11 to 6. I didn't understand that with Ruzinski on the mound. Uh, that's crazy to me. I mean, Han would tag them, got them out the game early. I can't believe it. Ruzinski's one of the better pitchers in the league. I mean, it is what it is. Hopefully in the championship, he's ready to go. Because in the KBO, your number one seed, you go all the way to the championship. <laughs> you don't play any playoff, playoff games. I don't know. That's incredible. But according to KBO history, the one seed still wins, even with that super buy. So that's crazy. Uh you got to look at them as the favorites for sure to win it all. Kiwoom is in fourth. Doosan was in fifth. Now, remember I said months ago I thought Kiwoom and Doosan were going to be for sure two and three. Now they're four and five. That's crazy. LG Twins and KT Wiz the past month or two have been on fire. And now they're the two and the three seed. Wow. And you know if you're the fifth seed, you're at a disadvantage. You automatically, you already got to win twice to beat the fourth seed. Then you got to play a three seed, three out of five. Then you got to play two seed, three out of five. But if it's any team that could be a fifth seed and upset that that power structure and can can make a run to the Korean series, it's Doosan. They still have the talent, but I don't. I guess from what I've seen, you know, I I don't watch too much KBO. But from what I saw at first, Doosan definitely has the talent to, to make a run, even though they, they have slid. Uh, we'll see, man. But history shows that it's going to be whoever the top seed is versus seed number two or three. That's just how it goes. That's probably what's going to happen. But if I trust my instincts from what I saw at the beginning of the season, this is definitely a year that Kiwoom and Doosan could be, you know, a fourth and or fifth seed could make a run to the Korean series. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Because the way things are trending now, it looks like it's going to be NC Dinos versus KT. <laughs> I right, we'll see, though. So, it's yeah, that's the stretch run. So I'll keep y'all updated with that. So now it's preaching time. I'm telling you, the Wizards are one piece away from the conference finals. 
one piece away. Boston, they're good. They keep making the conference finals, keep making the semifinals. But the Raptors got Kawhi Leonard leapfrogged. <laughs> them. The Bucks got a more improved Giannis leapfrogged them. <laughs> the Heat got Jimmy Butler leapfrogged them. <laughs> There's too many examples. If you get that one more good player, you're done. You could make a leapfrog, especially in the Eastern Conference. I mean, look at the Cavaliers. Got LeBron James and a bunch of role players. Dominated the East. Even with the Lakers. Got Anthony Davis. Champions. All you need is that one more player. Now the Wizards are trash. They have been trash. They have one of the worst defenses in the league. But there's a man named John Wall. And then you got your man, Bradley Bale. And I'm telling you right now, these guys are bona fide superstars. All they need is one more piece. And they have Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant, Jerome Robinson. They grew up in the bubble. But now they need that one more piece. You can get a trade. You can get a free agent. You can even get a draft pick. But all you need is that one more player. And you will see the Wizards in the conference championship. I promise you, they're coming. Just one more player. That's it. And they will be playing against the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, whoever. They all can get it. I'm not just being a homer. I'm telling you, man. Y'all think I'm crazy, man. John Wall and Bradley Bill are for real. And you know it. Anyway, let's get to some quick tapes. Uh, quick. Oh, Lord. Quick tape. To a time in Miami, to a time in Miami, he replaces Fitzpatrick. Weird time to make a move when they had just won a game. They're three and three. Very weird time to make a move. But they're doing it. They're doing it. So, hey, here you go. Uh, excited for Tua. This seems very Madden-like to me. Like you're trying to get that hidden dev like I'm doing with McKenzie Milton. But let's see what he can do. I guess they've seen enough to say, Okay, Tua Tagovailoa, let's see what you can do, bro. Draft you number five, let's get it. If the Dolphins make a playoff run, this will be a genius move. Tennessee are frauds. They just lost to Kentucky. I think they've lost two straight games after starting undefeated. They're coming back down to earth like they always do. Shame, shame, shame. I know Clay Travis is sick and the Braves lost. <laughs> uh, I'll get to that later. SEC defenses are trash, a ton of high scores. Alabama's defense got embarrassed against Ole Miss. Even against Georgia in the first half, they didn't look that great. Uh, LSU's defense is atrocious. Kentucky defense looked like Floyd Mayweather the last two weeks, but the first two weeks they were trash. So, I mean, SEC defenses, you can't talk about the Big 12 no more. Y'all look just as bad. And your, and your conference is top-heavy as hell. So you can't talk to me. LSU booster scandal. Uh, we all saw Odell giving out cash on the field. I, I couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe it was real. I was like, you know the rules. Why are you handing out money on the field? I didn't understand. 
I thought it was fake money. Like, I really couldn't believe what he was doing. But um, I guess it was real. The hammer finally came down, which makes you think, how long does it take to investigate something like this, something so cut and dry? How long does it take to investigate things in the NCAA? Because that was eight, nine months ago, and they're just now handing out punishments. But I don't think it was the NCAA handing out punishments. It was LSU self-imposing, maybe to lessen the impact. But they probably still going to come down on them. It's just a shame. Odell Beckham wasn't thinking. We we killed him for it when it happened. So, you know, it makes sense. Stan Van Gundy's a new Pelicans coach. We know his runs with the Magic, how they made the finals one year, and they was in the conference finals another year. What he did with Dwight Howard and putting all them shooters around him was great. Maybe he can do the same thing for Zion Williamson. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. He's a solid coach. He's always been a solid coach. So let's see what he can do for Zion and that crew. It don't matter if. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if Zion's always hurt and Lonzo and Ingram aren't playing to their potential. It just doesn't matter who the coach is. Y'all just going to suck. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what they can do. Jessica Mendoza, like, made history just like uh, Doris Burke did. And she was, like, the she, like, became the first female to broadcast a World Series game. I think she was on ESPN Radio because the game's on Fox. Good for her. Because I remember when she was just doing softball. She was on the A-team in softball on ESPN. Always my girl. Loved when she came to Norman to broadcast Oklahoma games. I'm sure she loved it too because she knows we have a good program. So that's my girl. She looks great, of course. She knows what she's talking about. I'm so happy for her. Just That's it. (laughs) I love it. Congrats to Jessica Mendoza. Uh, Clippers rebuild. Uh, mumblings about them blowing up the roster. I'm like, if this is a championship roster, just keep them together. I mean, you got rid of Doc Rivers. Let's see what happens. Run it back. Run it back one more time. I think one of them is going to be gone, though. Probably Trez. But run it back. Run it back. See what happens. If it don't go well, then rebuild and get all them draft picks back. Because it clearly ain't going to work. But give it one more year. It don't work. Blow it up. If it do work, let's see if you can make a little bit of a dynasty. Just that simple. Uh, Antonio Brown, back in the league. He's getting interest now because uh, his suspension is up after next week. I thought it was his suspension starts after he gets signed. I didn't think he, you know what I'm saying, would be eligible to play this fast. But obviously he is. And that works out for somebody. Seattle's are Seattle Seahawks are the favorite to pick him up. He could also go to the Ravens. We really need him with the Eagles. But Travis Fulgham has been killing it. So we don't really need Antonio Brown. We'll love him on the Eagles. He's probably going to the Seahawks or the Ravens. And that's fine. Those teams are fun to watch. And he would be great for them and make those teams even more fun to watch. I love it. Uh, MLB playoffs. Uh, Let's see. So the Braves lost. Thank God. I can't stand them. Uh, Houston, I was on the fence. I kind of wanted to see the reaction to them losing. Uh, The reaction was okay. I mean, 
I didn't laugh as much as I thought I would. Maybe I wasn't looking very hard, but the Astros lost. It is what it is. They got punished. They cheated. They got punished. I was kind of past it, but I enjoyed all the jokes. I enjoyed all the haters. It was it was funny. It was fun to watch. Uh, a lot of people don't like the Dodgers, especially some Oklahoma Mills I won't mention, but um, they don't like them. I like them because they beat the Braves. So I'll take it. And right now, the World Series is 1-1. I might watch Game 3 tonight. I might not. I still don't know. So now, that was some quick takes on different topics. Now let's get into some sports talk rankings. I literally just added this into the show because, uh, what's his name? Grant Paulson, on his show on 106.7 The Fan, he took a shot at first take because... Uh, Stephen A. Smith and Baker are doing some back and forth. I don't know, man. Stephen A. Smith called out Baker. That's the popular thing to do the past year or so. Call out Baker because whenever they lose, say he's not that good. Yeah, 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 whatever. I I think Baker will be fine. Baker will be fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure, he he should take care of the ball more. Sure, he should play a little bit better. But he'll be fine, man. He the man. He got that confidence, bro, and I I love it. People be disrespectful. I'm just waiting for Baker to shut these guys up. Anyway, the point of this segment is that uh, Grant Paulson kind of, yeah, kind of took a shot at Stephen A. Smith in the industry and where the industry is going right now with uh, sports debate shows on TV. And... They got into a tangent, him and Danny, about uh, how good PTI was with Will Bond and Kornheiser, and it was pretty good. And I was thinking, and they and they've been on the air for like nineteen, twenty years, and they're not they're not you know over the top like Skip and Stephen A. But I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute though, but Skip and Stephen A. get more love because they get more ratings and they're more popular, and they're just. They're just better. Like, they may not be better writers, but on TV, they're better. That's what matters. The ratings matter. More ratings, more money. They know that. They know that. They all know that. That got me thinking. What shows... I was thinking about all the shows I would watch on TV that before I would watch PTI. Not that Kornheiser and Wilbarn are good are not good. They are good. But it's just that... I would just rather watch some other shows more. I just watch some other shows more than their show. Here's the rankings of shows I will watch before PTI. Just talking sports debate, sports talk show. Undisputed, number one. Skip and Shannon are insane. Uh, They always have a pretty girl in the middle, whether that's Jenny Taff or Alex Curry. Love Alex Curry's smile, by the way. First take, Stephen A. Man, Stephen A., Max Kellerman, Stephen A. is like, the best in the business like he's the russell wilson deandre hopkins aaron donald of the industry he's the top dog i mean he's box office what can i say the herd i love collins takes sometimes i love his stupid analogies they're great they're great man uh colin coward is great to listen to i uh, don't like when he talks about baker but that's part of his stick now it is what it is uh, D- Joy Taylor's hot, 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 and she's great at 
leveraging her body and leveraging her looks to get more viewers. And I think that's genius. I think that's genius. And that definitely helps the show. So they're number three. Uh, speak for yourself. Number four. Love the energy. It's literally on right now as I speak. I love the energy of Acho and Wally and Marcellus Wally. I love him. I, it should be higher. It should be higher because I love those guys. They But they come on at three, and sometimes I watch, sometimes I don't. I love the energy, man. Former NFL players, guys that are not too much older than me. You got to love them. And they black guys, black guys. You got you to gotta root for them. Got to root for the brothers, bro. Got to root for the brothers. Uh, first things first, General Wolf, Brandon Marshall, Nick Wright. Oh, man, what's the guy's name? Uh, Kevin Wilds, who is kind of like who's kind of like Danny Rulier on um, 106.7. They're just funny guys that talk sports, and um, also uh, Reese Waters, like they're comedians that talk sports. You gotta love it. You gotta love that man. They're all funny. Okay, Danny Rulier is funnier than Kevin Wilds. Sometimes Kevin Wilds is corny. Reese Waters funnier than them both. Maybe it's because, you know, cu- culturally, I, I, I get Reese Waters more than, than those two. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but Reese Waters is funnier than them both. He's the most underrated sports talk person there is. But, you know, here we are. Okay. And then finally, just cracking the list around the horn because I like how their show is formatted. You know what I'm saying? I like the little point system they do, and I like the, you know, the the big-time writers who are on there, like Woody Page and Bob Ryan and uh, freaking Kevin Blackstone, Kevin Plasky. These are big-time writers, bro. They on this show. They get to show their personalities. I love me some Sarah Spain. Oh, my God. I think they start putting uh, L. Duncan on there. And L. Duncan's starting to get a lot more airtime doing stuff that's not sports center. And that's fine. She knows what she's talking about. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't blame I don't blame ESPN for uh giving her more airtime because she she's pretty and she knows what she's talking about. So that that works. And you know, I love Tony Reality. He's he's a great host. I remember when Max Kellerman was hosting. That that was dope. I think he was hosting. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Tony Reality's great. Sarah Spain is amazing. I think Jamel Hill used to be on there. That's the show. That's the show right there. But uh, I'll take those first five shows before I look at that. I don't care how fine and how amazing Sarah Spain is or how awesome Tony Reality and Kevin Plasky and all of them are. Uh, I'll take those first five shows. Honorable mention... Kayshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Chinny and Golik. Oh, man. I can't stop looking at Chinny. Like, those those eyes, that face. She's amazing. And I like those two also because we're the same age. I can relate to them. They're millennials. They they got, you know, fresh fresh faces, fresh voices. I love Chinny and Golik. I need to listen to them more often. Lock it in with Clay Travis. Rachel Bonetta's Rachel Bonetta's a nut job. Like she is man, she is wild, bro. She crazy, bro. And, and, 
She okay. She's another one that can be funny but kind of corny too. And the other two guys are, co- are cool too. But I mean, the, the stars of the show are Rachel Bonetta and Clay Travis. Uh, get up. I think that's the show with Marcus Spears. Oh, I love when Marcus Spears go on first take. It's must see TV. Uh, that's the show with Marcus Spears. I think uh, Dan Orlovsky, Jalen Rose, I believe. I may have got it mixed up, but that show is decent, too. It's a nice little appetizer for first take. That's all I'm going to say. All right, so that's the sports talk rankings of shows I watched before I'd watch PTI. Not not anything against PTI. I'm just saying. It's just the times we're in right now. And a lot of viewers probably agree with me. So, listen. Now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode the hypothetical game of the episode this week is uh the nfc east all-stars versus the nfc west all-stars a lot of praise heaped upon the nfc west all-stars i mean the nfc west division rightfully so everyone has a winning record everyone's good to be honest all these teams have played an nfc east team except the seahawks But they'll end up playing them later. That's part of the reason why they got winning records, because some of them play NFC East teams, especially the Rams. The Rams have played the entire division, and they're undefeated. So all their wins have come against NFC East teams. They've literally lost to everybody else. I'm I'm not joking. They, they've literally lost to everybody else. Um, 49ers, they lost to the Eagles, but they throttled the Giants, they're going to beat Washington, and they're going to beat the Cowboys. Here you go. Oh, and uh, the opposite, everyone's saying how trash the NFC East is, how horrible it is. But, hey, let's see what will happen in the NFC All-Stars versus NFC West. So let's announce the rosters real quick. I may have been missing some things. I wish I had PFF. It would have been easier to fill out these rosters. But NFC East, you got... Starting quarterback, Wentz, Carson Wentz, by default, pretty much. Daniel Jones is the backup. Uh, Then you got running back, Zeke, Antonio Gibson. I guess fullback, ah, whoever. Um, Tight end, Logan Thomas, Dalton Schultz. Because Zach Ertz isn't playing well. Goddard is hurt. Evan Ingram. Did you just see him last night? He, He choked. So he doesn't make the he doesn't make the team right now. This is what have you done for me lately list. If you're hurt, you're not on this list. Wide receiver Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, Travis Fulgham, Michael Gallup, CD Lamb. Center Jason Kelsey and guard Zach Martin. Other guard Brandon Scherf. Right tackle Morgan Moses. Left tackle Lane Johnson. Whatever's left of Lane Johnson. Because he keeps getting hurt, unfortunately. D tackle. Now, this is where, this is the strength of the team. You got Fletcher Cox, Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. D end, you got Brandon Graham, who's doing amazing. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan, Alden Smith. And I probably put too many Washington football team guys on here, but whatever. Those guys are talented. Uh, inside linebacker Blake Martinez, Leighton Vander Esch, Thomas Davis. I didn't know who else to pick, so I just threw him on there. Um, outside linebacker Marcus Golden, 
Alden Smith, Jalen Smith. You could put Alden Smith at DN too. Whatever. Uh, cornerback, four three or three four. I don't know what they'd run. James Bradbury, Trayvon Diggs, Darius Slay, Kendall Fuller, Logan Ryan. Not not too bad. Free safety, Rodney McLeod, strong safety, Jabril Peppers, Landon Collins, kick return, punt returner, Steven Sims. Not not too bad. It's not horrible. But look at the NFC West team. And this is without Nick Bosa, Chandler Jones, Richard Sherman. This is without those three guys. So you got Russell Wilson at quarterback. Colin Murray's a backup. Running back, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake. Chase Edmonds, Cowles, Jusick, I think that's the name, at fullback, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup at receiver. Oh, my God. That's the strength of their team. Um, tight end, George Kittle, Tyler Higby, Center, Ronis Grosso. I didn't know who to pick, so I picked the 49ers, Center, whatever. Lakin Tomlinson, Justin Pugh. The guards tackle Trent Williams, Andrew Whitworth. That's that's vicious. Tackles, D tackles, Aaron Donald, Jordan Phillips, Javon Kinlaw, Jaron Reed, DNs, Eric Armstead, Michael Brockers, DJ Jones. This would be the second string DN line if all those guys weren't hurt. So just imagine. Inside linebackers, Fred Warner, Jordan Hicks, Bobby Wagner. Outside linebacker, Leonard Floyd, K.J. Wright, Juan Alexander. Uh, Cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson, Jason Verrett, Quentin Dunbar, Shaquille Griffin. Free safety, Buda Baker, Jimmy Ward. Strong safety, Jamal Adams, Jaquitsi Tart, Jaquitsi Dort. Tart, yeah, right, right, right. Tart, okay, Tart. <laughs> uh, Jarek McKinnon, Andy Isabella are your returners. Oh my God, that team is loaded. However, however, in this hypothetical game of the week, of course the NFC West wins, twenty to ten. But the NFC East All Stars keep this game low scoring and close because of their pass rushers and D-line, that's the only reason. Because other than that, they are just outmatched. And even in this game, Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun, but DeAndre Hopkins caught a touchdown. George Kittle caught a touchdown. Just too much. Too much Russell Wilson. Too much DeAndre Hopkins. Too much George Kittle at the end of the day. They were too much. 20-10 to 10, NFC West All-Stars. Oh, and the coaching staffs. For the NFC East, Eagles coaching staff. So, of course, they were extra aggressive. And for the NFC West All-Stars, you got the Seahawks coaching staff. So, there you go. It's not a complete slaughter. I couldn't do it. I know there's a lot of mismatches with these All-Star teams. But the D-line is just too much for NFC East. It That keeps them in it. But it's too much at the end of the day. 20-10. to 10, NFC West All-Stars, and that's it. That was the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So now I'm out. Peace. Psych, I lied. I got a little poem for you Cowboys fans. Riverboat, 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 Ron. Don't matter what dock that riverboat's on, 
Riverboat, 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 Ron. He'll go on fourth down. He's going for two. Pathetic Cowboys defense is over for you. Make the playoffs. You kids are silly. The best ginger in the East lives in Philly. Watch the game on TV because the tickets are gone. Riverboat, 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 Ron. Okay, I'm out now. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.